This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen, and you're listening to the Warning Radio program. Once again, I have a friend of mine, Apostle Don Beasley. He pastors the Turning Point City Church in Dixon, Illinois. Don, welcome back. Hey, thank you. It's glad to be back. Well, it's always good having you. Now, we talked about sharing on going beyond yourself to victory, and then if we have enough time, touching on the sons of Issachar. Going beyond yourself to victory. Now, I'm just going to read a couple headline news just to put us okay. in perspective of how serious the situation is today. says, John Brennan, now we're talking about the old CIA communist director for Obama. John Brennan gives the plan away. Biden officials moving in laser light fashion to identify and root out political opposition from population. Now, again, I'm reading headline news, and that was from MSNBC, where he also said, and I listened to the interview, that 75 million Trump supporters need to be interned in a camp, a FEMA camp, to rehabilitate them because they're mentally disturbed from Trump. And he said 20 million literally will have to be killed because we will not be able to rehabilitate them. He said this, you know, again, I can't believe people aren't screaming, especially church leaders. They're doing exactly what they did in Germany. They're sitting back doing nothing until they come for them. It's amazing to me, Don. There's lots of times throughout the Bible where this has happened with, you know, with Israel. And sometimes we don't pay attention to that, I think, as believers where we are right now, what's going on. It's really kind of interesting. I think the same kind of thing was going on with King Hezekiah. Yes. With Sennacherib, you know. So at first he tries to buy him off. That's right. You know, and then... They come and they make all these threats, you know, what they're going to do and how they're going to do this, you know. And then the prophet has to come and tell Hezekiah that they're lying to you. (laughs) And it's kind of like this whole thing. We've been learning quite a bit about like the court of heaven. Yes. And what happens is the enemy makes accusations. And those things that John Brennan is saying, whatever, those accusations. Sometimes I think we have to be careful that we don't repeat their accusations. Because before the throne of God in heaven, there's the accuser of the brethren. And then there's Jesus who intercedes for us. And so we have to make a determination if we want victory. So the enemy's making accusations. These people are nuts, whatever, like that. But we have to make a determination what we're going to do. And I love what I'm, I'm looking, trying to find it here, what the, exactly the, because he says what happened is, is Hezekiah repeats, it's true, the king of Assyria destroyed and laid waste 
every land that stood against them. But we had, first of all, the fear that was in the heart of King Hezekiah was perpetuated because he believed a lie. Yes. And then the lie, which is the foundation of uh, Hezekiah's fear, was the king of Syria had laid waste to every land that had stood against him. And so the prophet then came and told him, those are lies because he's talking about the gods that are not gods. So he said, they destroyed these other lands. And they had gods who came out of the fire and they threw them back in the fire. But he said, we're talking about Jehovah God here. And then Hezekiah came around and said, that's not the truth. And so I think what we have to do in this time is realize where our battle really is. Because one day I was sitting out on my deck out here having a cup of coffee. And there's a red-tailed hawk lives in a tree back here. Yes. And he came out of that tree. And I've seen him come down and get squirrels and mice and different stuff. And he comes down. And it's probably about 150, 200 yards back to where the edge of this property is. And he came down and he got on the ground and he, he went down to stayed on the ground. I was watching it closely and I, and I could see he was struggling on the ground. What had happened, it was about a two and a half foot water snake, but he was on the ground and that snake wrapped itself up around him. Wow. And on the ground, that snake was taking him on. Oh my. So finally he got loose and he flew back up in that tree and he waited about, I don't know, a minute. And then he flew back down there, and this time when he flew down, he dropped down, he grabbed that snake right in the middle of the back and took it up in the air higher than the trees. And the higher he went up in the air, the more limp the snake got. Yeah. And then he dropped the snake from way up in the air, and then he came down and took it up in the tree and had lunch. <laughs> uh, but what I, the Lord revealed when we were sitting there is that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness in high places. And that's where he's given us authority in these courts of heaven. And so what really happens, if we fight our battle on the ground, we're going to get whipped every time because the ground is not our realm. When we get end up trying to get victory with all these different enemies, whatever, in their realm, then we're, we're always chasing our tail. Yes. But when we get up into the heavens where we're supposed to be and begin to take on the principalities and the powers and rulers of wickedness in high places, that's what really controls the voices on the ground, the blood on the ground, the flesh and blood. Yeah. And yeah. so I think the key to that, though, is true as, yes, he said that and whatever. He's a liar. John Brennan's a liar. He's out of his mind. Now, he's telling the truth, but the truth he's telling is a lie, that Christian people are crazy and nuts and whatever. Yes, yes. My, what I tell our people is, is how afraid are they of us that they actually openly say stuff like that? Oh, Totally. So, and I try to help us understand, you know, when you're taking flack, you're over the target. And so I, I think that we're taking their flack because we're really over the target. Yeah. You know, they're being exposed for what they really are, a bunch of frauds. Anyway, so. Well, it's like Iran. Although the truth is, Iran isn't just talking. They would drop the bomb if they could. Oh, absolutely. And they these would. guys will take away our freedom and kill us if they can get away with it. Right. And so we not only need to pray as we talked about in your meetings, but we need to rise up, allow the army of God to raise up and take back this land. Absolutely. Looking at Go another ahead. headline news, it says former Hawaii representative. Now, this is interesting. She's a Democrat. Tulsi Gabbard says is sounding the alarm over the Democrats new plan to launch a domestic war on terror against American citizens says complete with surveillance of American insurgents 
which includes targeting religious fanatics, religious extremists, and it goes on and on. But Headline News says Tulsi Gabbard sounds the alarm on the left's push to create a KGB-style police state to monitor Americans. Says the authoritarian criminal elites now control the Democratic Party and the upper echelons of the Republican establishment. With President Trump out of the way, censored and framed for inciting insurrection, the authoritarian left now desire complete ideological control and surveillance over every American. In order to achieve complete surveillance over the minds of Americans, the authoritarian criminal elite in the CIA, the FBI, the ATF, and the NSA are now threatening the beliefs of 80 million Trump voters classifying their motivations for freedom and justice as domestic terror. The left have even considered rounding up the children of Trump supporters and putting them in re-education camps. Don? I've read all that, and I, I know that's what they're up to or whatever, but my question is is that at some point, they actually got to try to incarcerate 80 million people. Yeah, uh, well, that, now that's going to create a whole different scenario. That's going to create civil what war than what they're what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be it's going to be a that's a whole lot different thing to do. I, you know, in the past, you know, people talk about martial law and whatever, and I've always said about America, you know, putting a small country, you know, in a martial law is one thing. Putting a country like America in martial law is a whole other thing. Oh, totally. I mean, I don't know how you put out all the little fires and. What I think is that around large cities and whatever, they'll probably put some large cities in lockdown or I, whatever, you yeah. know. But I don't know how they're going to do it out in places like where I live. At the police and whatever will never go along with them, you know. They'll just. I heard a prophet guy about maybe 10 or 12 years ago, and he was talking about that. He said he saw that America was going to be divided into five. He called them five states or regions or whatever okay and it would be along these political and ideological lines from the completely do whatever you want to do sure until none of it goes so i think he might be talking about what it looks like after all this stuff goes down sure everybody keeps talking about going back to normal and don't realize we're living in normal right now yeah this is normal that's right (laughs) i was not going to go back to some magical way it was before and it's kind of hard for us to reset our mind on really where we are, you know, what's really going on. But very interesting. I was reading a book by Tim Sheets. You know who that is? Uh-huh. And it's called Angel Armies. And in that, he was talking about, because of this whole remnant church deal that I've been really just very intrigued about, you know, the God always has a remnant. Sure. And he's raising it up. And anyway, he just said that basically in there, he's just saying that King Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the strategist, have the greatest days in church history planned. Then what he said is an interesting word. He says, the Holy Spirit said prophetic words are connecting to their moment, thousands of them. And he gave a prophetic declaration inside of him saying that these prophetic words are now intersected into their moment. In my mind, what I see in that is, is that when I look at like revivals in the past, like you see like the Welsh revivals and these Zusa Street revivals, right? the revivals in Kentucky, at Cane Ridge and whatever, all those are kind of different connected, you know, and then. But nobody really ever asked what happened to them and why did they cease to be and whatever. And it's really interesting. It's, you know, when you look at, like, for instance, you look at the Azusa Street revivals and the Welsh revivals and the, all of them. What ends up happening is, is their foundation begins by seeking the being the holiness of God. Yes. God comes near his people and pours out his spirit on people. And the end result becomes a, a, a fascination with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's right. 
and totally forgetting that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of holiness that comes from my holy God. And that if we're going to walk in, we always have to do that. And so Frank Bartleman is the guy who basically took care of, who wrote about the Azusa Street revivals. And he said they broke up uh, because that people from the school of oratory on the East coast, which were into metaphysics. And a lot of them are, you know, there's a lot of them in the faith in the faith movement that they read, they use a lot of their writings sure. along with Mary Baker Eddy, who became the, the uh, Christian scientist, whatever. And they, they, they were saying that these were universal laws that could be accessed without a relationship with God. They were saying it's like a law, like, like healing and miracles or laws like gravity. If you learn how to tap into them, you know, you don't have to have a personal relationship with God to do that. Well, they, when they saw that what they were trying to do wasn't working and it was happening in Azusa street. So they all headed to Azusa street where the miracles are going on. And Frank Bartom, his daughter said that Frank said, that's the reason that God broke up that revival is because he said, these two can never be amalgamated together. Um, it'll be a complete disaster. Yes. And so, you know, when you start getting the whole real easy believe it isn't, everybody's saved, there's no hell, there's no right or wrong, this whole adrift thing that we are in our culture, and then the church gets involved in that, that's what always breaks up a movement of God. And every time there's a movement towards God, it's always whenever, you know, we we rent our clothes, we fast and pray, we seek the face of God, and we want to become more like him. No, you're exactly comes near to comes you're exactly near to right. People, yeah, and pours out his spirit on people, and amazing things begin to happen. Uh, but the, the 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 quick temptation though is once you taste that stuff and whatever is to begin to then chase after the 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 gifts of God and forget that the, you need the character of God yeah to be able to operate in the gifts of God. That's that's totally true, and. Um... That's, you know, I'm reading a book right now, The Ministry of God's Word by Watchman Nee. And uh, he is really uh, good in this area uh, about, uh, you know, why the church is in trouble. It's the same thing God showed me in 1985, is the person behind the pulpit doesn't really know God, doesn't really, doesn't really speak the words of God. They switch the meaning of the Bible uh, for their own interpretation, you know, your sloppy agape you're talking about. Right. And uh, yet, yeah, Watchman Nee, if you really study his life, he, like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, you know, when the Japanese uh, had invaded and then they, they uh, lost and, and, and the Chinese took over China once again and communism came in. Well, Watchman Nee, I'm sure you know this, Don, uh, he went beyond himself. He represented Jesus Christ. He stayed true to the gospel. Consequently, other other pastors even witnessed against him, turned him, and he was arrested, eventually died in a concentration camp. But uh, he understood who Jesus was. It wasn't reading a book, but the book, which is God in the flesh, if you understand, Stand uh, and know Jesus as Lord and Savior, then now you, you speak with a different anointing, a different authority, a different insight. Now you are qualified to be a minister of the gospel. Done? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is what we need today. Yeah, we need, I, I say all the time, I tell our people all the time when 
a fearful world world needs a fearless church. Exactly. That's <laughs> good. So, that's good. So we need we need to you know, and that's what we've been really just really teaching our people about the fearlessness of God in our lives in the midst of trouble. We don't acquiesce and sit down or back off. That's when you press in. Yeah, you go beyond uh, yourself. Right. You go past wherever your comfort zones are. And uh, that's what I think this whole thing about this remnant church really is about. Uh, I don't think uh, I was uh, Steve Riggle, the president of Grace International, with him in a meeting. And, and he said that back in July, the Lord told him that there'd be four churches that would um, evolve out of this whole thing we're in right now. And I, I kind of named him a little bit. He said the first one he called the first one was the Kool-Aid drinkers. Okay. And so that's that's your going to be your. Uh, like your cultural warrior. That's what I call them, the cultural warrior church. Yes. And they're going to be the ones that in the future, they're going to be the ones to get all the television time and everything. And they're going to be pushing the latest offenses of people, whatever it is from, you know, Antifa to black lives matter. And even beyond that stuff, uh, they'll embrace all the whole, you know, sexual identity, politics stuff, whatever. Yeah. And they'll be pushing all that stuff as, you know, this is, this is because they want to say that they have morality and godliness and whatever. And this is what this stuff's all about. Yeah. They'll be the wolf pastors. So they'll be the ones that'll be getting all the, you know, being celebrated and by our culture. Sure. And what will become the standards like the culture measures the church by. And then the second group of people uh, that he talked about were, uh, what do you call You know, the maintenance church. I want to get back to maintaining what they were doing before this, that, whatever. And, uh, you know, back to their well-oiled, we call them well-oiled machine churches. Okay. So they're going to open up and they want to get back to what they were doing before, not realizing that culture has amazingly shifted. But he said they will kind of, they'll kind of shift with it a little bit and they'll be on the outer edges of that with some form of godliness, but not with power. And then there'll be the third church, which I call the, and all that, that, maintenance church they'll be not they will, will be they won't be countercultural. they'll still be kind of around around the edges of culture the third one is going to be the live right i believe right live right church but they're going to be a church that's non-counterculture and they, they won't they'll be in, without courage sure and so the, i call you know they're just the, i call them they're going to be the invisible church okay they'll be there but you won't see them there, whatever but then the remnant church is the what I call back to the beginning church. It's back to the book of Acts. Good. And it comes it comes by the same kind of a way as God begins to call them out. And so but they will be fearless and they will be extremely countercultural. But the one thing that's going to separate them is because they're seeking the face of God, they're going to have signs, wonders, miracles, and power of unbelievable kinds. Not seen since this will be stuff that's not seen since the book of Acts with its with the power. And it's what will separate them and protect them at the same time because they'll be able – even the people that are in the world are going to bring their sick people to be prayed for, to bring this or whatever. People have had dreams, man, of, of even from our church, from lines over a mile long of people trying to get, to get prayed for. Yeah, that's that, – that, So that's what's coming. That I is mean, that, what's coming. Amen. And so that, that is what's coming. I believe it. I believe it. Again, it, that's what Watchman Nee – it talks about in the ministry of God's word, uh, those that truly, truly know the author of the book, they, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. If you know the author, then 
then again, you know it through the word of God, and that is God. And uh, right. But not not he says not very many people, and I would agree with him, really are qualified to preach. They really don't know God behind the pulpit. Right. Well, that, you get, when you get into Israel, you have the same thing. If you go back and you just look through all their times of failure, you know, they only have they only have these a very few prophets that are that that God said speak my voice. Yes. Yes. He said other ones speak, but I didn't tell them that. That's right. That's and right. They're saying peace and safety, and they're saying this, and the, and the prophets that God are saying that you're going into captivity. <laughs> exactly. Uh, God said that He's gonna He's gonna judge you. I believe what it. You've done. I believe it. And so. You know that, and people don't want to hear that, and so no. they, you know, they hire themselves people that will tell them what they want to hear, and there's people that will tell you what you want to hear if you pay them enough money, and they'll also uh, turn you in, and uh, right again, Watchman E was turned in by supposed right. fellow Christian pastors because he did not there's go along with a communist doctrine. Right. When I think when you when we say the going on to victory, I think probably one of the two of the things I think are probably most powerful today. Uh, that I see from the word of God, you know, we talk about the fivefold ministry, but I, you know, I've been hearing people talk about it for 40 years. I remember when God called me to be an apostle, it was 1981. He spoke to me in my prayer closet uh, and, and he called me, I call you to be an apostle and he exactly what he called me to do. And I wrote it down and I went and told my pastor, I was assembly guy. I was in assembly guy church. I told my pastor at the time, and he just told me in his office, don't ever say that word in this church again. Wow. And I was like, I was completely <laughs> dumbfounded. Yes. Because I didn't know that they were, at that time I was a new Christian. I didn't know they were having a war in the symbols of God over the, 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 the God uh, raising up the apostles, you know. Sure. And reintroducing them. And so, but, and it, but there's also an interesting thing when you look through the Bible, uh, when you look at the overall thing, like what is the church? And if you people define, you know, what is the church and they have these narrow definitions of church. But when you look to the, like the old Testament into the new Testament, I, I see that there's a fivefold. The church is fivefold itself. Yes. So God always starts off with a temple or an, well, he starts off with an altar and then, and then the temples where the altar is. So he has, there's a place where you seek him at an altar. And then the, from that temple and the altar becomes a, a family with a name. You become part of the family of God. Yes. So you're yes. His children. And then from that comes a school, a place, you know, so when you come to church and you hear preaching, whatever, that's actually instruction like a school to teach you how to live for God. And so you have to have the school element. And then, and then what happens is there's a hospital because people who begin to follow God, have brokenness in their life when they need to be put back together. And so there's always the hospital aspect of the healing. And then and then the last aspect is there's an army uh, that has to fight the spiritual warfare and, and to literally uh, fight the onslaught of people trying to come in and break all that down. And then so when you go to the fivefold ministry, the apostles are called the fathers and they protect the family name. And, and the prophets are the armies that cut down the enemies. They reveal the enemies of God and, and that they're and opposed to God. And the evangelists um, are the ones who promote the altar of God, come back to God to his altar, repent, receive forgiveness, and uh, that whole aspect. The pastors are really like the, 
they're like the doctors in the hospital that continually to work to heal the broken. And then the teachers are in the school of the Holy Spirit that are supposed to be training believers to reign. Amen. Amen. In, in the kingdom. And so it's it's not a one or the other, but it's a, all of this. If you want to be a really a New Testament church in Ecclesia, you have to be doing all five of those things. You're right. You're right. On a consistent basis. And that's what discipleship's about. And if you don't have real discipleship, you'll never have victory. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Warning Radio Program. My special guest, Apostle Don Beasley. And I'll tell you what, he operates in the fivefold gifts of ministry. A true apostle can move in these various five gifts of ministry. We're talking about going beyond yourself to victory. That's what we want, victory. And we've barely touched on it. Also, I wanted to get to the sons of Issachar. Don, can you come back tomorrow? Yeah, we'd uh, love to. We're going to do two days because I'll tell you what, this is rich. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to the Warning Radio Program. The Divided States has been prophesied. I had a prophet years ago, talked about the Divided States. God showed me again since March 2020, 15 dreams, civil unrest, civil war, and invasion. I'll tell you what, trouble's coming, but we can go beyond ourselves to victory. The sons of Iskar will rise again. They need to rise, and some of them have risen. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow as we continue with Don Beasley. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.